quick note to our listeners. This episode was recorded before the COVID-19 pandemic. We understand that the future may look a little different now, but we still want to share these passionate conversations. This is Mary Celeste Bell. Welcome to the Blackberry Podcast, where we'll dive into stories and knowledge of the incredible people that are part of the Blackberry story. You'll hear from longtime friends, amazing visiting personalities, and our own inspired team members. During our Yoga with Charlotte event, Charlotte Hardwick sat down with Blackberry Farms wellness lifestyle expert Hope Parks to share her personal story, expand on her philosophy of wellness, and offer tips that help easily and authentically incorporate wellness into our daily routines. Hi. I'm Hope Parks, one of the wellness lifestyle experts at BlackBerry, and I'm sitting today with Charlotte Hardwick, um, and so excited to share with you um, one of my absolute favorite people that I've met through BlackBerry. So Charlotte and I have been doing retreats together for over five years, um, yoga retreats specifically at the farm and at the mountain. She is so much more than a yoga instructor, certainly a dear friend. Um, that just has a heart of wisdom and compassion and is so playful, but holds years of experience not only in the yoga practice and world, but also in the culinary world, which is obviously dear to us here. And so I'm just excited to share her with you today. Um, Charlotte, we were so excited. I know just in our first retreat, there was just so much resonance of our wellness philosophy here at BlackBerry, not being one of, of restriction, but really one of balance. And you just embodied so much of that. So um, maybe that's a good point for us to dive in, is just to hear a little bit more of um, of your beginning, uh, maybe in how you came to know BlackBerry. Okay. Well, thank you for having me today, Hope. I actually met Sam and his family, Chris and Sandy and David, when I was living in Hilton Head in South Carolina. Um, my mom, Lottie, and Chris were good friends, and they we lived on the same street for a little bit. Um, I'm older, 10 years older than Sam, but I met them and their family then, and my mom stayed connected with Chris and Sandy um, for a long time. And I reconnected with um, Sam and Mary Celeste on my 30th birthday. I ended up here. And it was perfect timing because right after that, the three of us moved to San Francisco the same week. I mean, we found that out when we reconnected on my birthday, but um, Sam was going to San Francisco to do internships at French Laundry and Cowgirl Creamery and doing all kinds of wonderful things that was, you know, learning and happening in Northern California to bring them back to the farm. And I um, coincidentally ended up being Cameron's Montessori school teacher. Oh my goodness, how the worlds connect. I know. So it was such a small world, and it was really fun to be there with them. And I learned a lot about what was happening with food and wine and cheese and lots of that many ways. But through Sam was was such a treat. 
and to have that time with their family there. They were there a year, I think, and I was there many more years after, but that was how we reconnected. What a great story. So in Hilton Head and then at Black Ferry on to yeah. California and now back here. Yeah. Well, definitely a true connection for sure. I know. Um, great. Well, there's a reason why you resonate so deeply with us. Um, and it always seems to go back to relationship. So it really does, clear. especially here. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think that's wow. kind of the heartbeat. Mm-hmm. It is. And yeah, I mentioned that you just share that heartbeat and get that so much that it always comes back to connecting with people. And so leading in our retreats every single time, that's always what it seems to come back to. It might be called a yoga retreat, but it seems like the true gift is you inviting us to connect with ourselves, with each other, um, with the practice in ways that, um, that we might not even think about. So I guess we can shift in that direction to think about um, yoga as a practice and kind of where that chapter started in your life. It actually started in exactly the same chapter. I'm talking about meeting them, um, or not meeting them, reconnecting with them in California. I had had a really painful low back for a long time, just a week back. And when I moved to San Francisco, right around my 30th birthday, I took my first yoga class. I just walked in and found my favorite teacher that I've ever had um, in in San Francisco and practiced with her and loved it, absolutely loved it. Um, so I, st- like most people, started for physical reasons and got so much more out of it, like we all do. But it was that teacher that convinced me to do a teacher training. Um, I was teaching kindergarten at the time. She convinced me to do the tra- do a training at the yoga studio, and I did. I did, but I didn't teach. Um, I never taught a yoga class after that for a long time. And then I did another one with her. I did another two hundred hours with her th- with anatomy and all different uh, wonderful work with meridians and. Um, Really, a lot of what I'm teaching right now is, is goes back to that 20 years ago. Um, so I ended up doing three teacher trainings in California, but I never really taught. Mm-hmm. I just kept layering, you know, education and passion, and um, I loved it. And I think it was really nice to go into trainings not really with the pressure to teach, mm-hmm. you know, or trying to, it was really competitive mm-hmm. teaching then in California. But, um, I just did it honestly because I loved it mm-hmm. and I wanted to learn and I was, you know, teaching children, um, for my work. It really wasn't until I've lived in Tampa for eight years in Florida when we moved from California that I started teaching. What was that shift? Was it, was it evident? Was there a a moment where you said, okay, it's time to teach now. I can't imagine you not teaching because it's such a gift that you give so genuinely. Um, um, thank you. I mean, I love it. I really, really love it. What happened was I was actually teaching uh, cooking classes to the owner of Bella Prana, the yoga studio in Tampa. I was teaching yoga uh, cooking classes to her. And um, she would come week after week and 
she said, why, why don't you teach? Why don't you teach yoga? And so she gave me a class that was like at one o'clock on a Tuesday. <laughs> and I think three or four people came. I mean, uh-huh. you know, it was that weird class and that weird time. And it was the only thing they had. And it was perfect. It was like my gateway into finding my voice in front of people and um, learning, really learning how I wanted to teach. Mm. Because I think like all of us, when you go through trainings or any kind of education, you get all the knowledge and, you know, you have it all in your head or in your notebooks, but it really isn't until you start teaching that you find out really how you want to teach and what you love to teach. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons that our retreats have been, that I've enjoyed the retreats so much, and I think everyone has here, is because you and your team have allowed me to create the kind of retreat I would want mm-hmm. and the kind of yoga that I love and feel comfortable with. And it seems, I think you would agree with this, but it seems year after year, they're getting larger and people are needing them more and more. Mm-hmm. I, um, I think every teacher, you know, has their, their ideal student, you know, that's perfect for their class. But these retreats are filled with every kind of person, mm-hmm. you know, corporate people, um, moms, um, artists, writers, every every kind of person, every kind of body. And they're all coming just to feel more ease mm-hmm. in their bodies, in their minds, in their lives. And the cl- that's what the classes are. That's what the retreats are, is finding the space, the joy, and the ease on the mat and then off. Mm-hmm. Um, and very important to me is feeling like anyone's welcome. And I know you too. Absolutely. Um, with the heartbeat of hospitality, that's definitely where we're coming from. And to be able to offer and invite that specifically within this wellness um, world is has been something that's been such a great joy. Um, and so I think it's because you're giving what you love that that's what's received and that's what's felt. You always share amazing readings as well throughout the practice of an invitation usually for us to to hear our own story anew or um, to just connect with a central theme of what it means to be human or to open our hearts in a way that we sometimes do a little bit easier when we're on um, on vacation or away when our walls are down. I just wrote this piece for a project that I was working on, so maybe I'll just read it. How that does that sound? Perfect. Okay. Great. It's clear to me that as I teach yoga year after year, yoga really is for everyone. It's for every body and every kind of body. Yoga is really never about the shape of our bodies, but rather the ease, the space, and the joy that we feel as we step onto our mats. This practice is not about mastery. It's about expansion. When I first started learning yoga, I performed on my mat, and I would walk away feeling strong, but I never really felt the wholeness and the integration and the joy that I know this practice can bring. If we're able to step on and step in with open hearts, 
where we can soften and peel away that which we're not. Yoga really is a practice of surrender, of relaxation, of transformation. As we drop into our bodies, connecting our breath to movement, we're given special tools to change patterns in our lives that feel outdated. When we give yoga the time, the space, and the energy it deserves, without comparing or pushing, we start to feel the blessings. We unpack our body. We unveil the armor around our hearts that keeps us stuck. And this practice gradually chisels away layers of tension and tightness. And with it comes the gift of loving our bodies just as they are, not as we wish they were. This is the grace that becomes the foundation for how we start to approach everything we do. The poses and postures are merely an invitation to live with compassion towards ourself and others. Yoga is an everyday practice. It's learning to slow down and see the beauty that's around us. We're able to refine our listening and learn to navigate our lives with steadiness, ease, and presence. We saturate ourselves with breath, We recharge with gentle movement, and we know we need this. We soften, we strengthen, we unfold, we stretch, we relinquish. Breath by breath, this practice leaves us feeling loved, nurtured, strong, capable. We quit performing. We start to embody. Yoga is our call, my call, to be gentle, to be patient, to be more generous, not only with myself, but with the world, to reclaim the soft, spacious, gentle parts of ourselves and call in our light. We come home, and this is the medicine of yoga. Mm. So, in a nutshell, (laughs) that's the way I feel about it, but fill in the blank for writing, for cooking, I feel it's all the same. Wellness. You know, it's it's approaching it with heart and not comparing ourselves to who's better cook or who's better on the mat or, you know, I'm not a writer, I'm not a good writer. Um, I think the, honestly, the beauty and the joy of the retreats that you and I have created together here is to watch people and be happy in it, you know, just do it. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, passing out the journals and watching people write and just enjoy their time without thinking if they were good at it. So it's really cumulative. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, your heartbeat settles deeply and it definitely comes through. That is the practice that you offer um, and invite us to, which is so approachable and so settling. Um, I know it seems like every single retreat, um, we leave with all of these tools and really practical practices, but there's just a deep sense of being cared for um, that everyone always seems to leave with. Um, and it comes through in your voice, it comes through in the tools that you give us, but it's a sense of, we talk so much about self-care, that mm-hmm. you really invite us to care for ourselves um, in the most settling ways. Um, in the ways that, that touch the deepest parts of who we are and in the ways that give us permission to be exactly that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that seems to be a common theme for sure 
is the practical ways that you give us to care for ourselves. And it's really sweet to hear your foundational philosophy of where you decided that this is what yoga is and this is what the practice is that you practice and that you give. Mm -hmm. Well, there's so much information. I feel like there's so much information. I mean, the clients I work with, they are completely overwhelmed. They come in and they're, you know, should I eat this? Should I eat that? Should I not eat this? Should I not eat that? Do I need these props? What do I wear? Um, What's this? You know, what does this mean? And that stresses you out. So I think a lot of stepping onto the mat begins the unraveling of what wellness means for them, Mm -hmm. for each person. You know, is it going a little slower? Um, Is it taking a rest? Self-care, you know, can be so simple. Breathing in a piece of rosemary or lighting a candle. Mm -hmm. Um, Listening to your favorite song. Mm-hmm. But so my hope, especially with these retreats with you, is demystifying wellness and really getting to the heart of what feels good mm-hmm. and what brings joy and where where in your body are you crying for some attention? Where in your life? You know, what needs attention? What needs some love and care? Um, And often I think it just comes from slowing down, which is really hard for all of us. But it does seem to happen over the course of the the four or five days when we're here together. It does. For sure. Um, And you just simplify it. The information overload is real. Um, And sometimes it's nice to scratch the itch with a new tool or a new talk or a new um, trend, but you keep it simple. And you do, you bring it back to us in really accessible ways. Um, Thank you. Absolutely. So, okay, I'm dying to ask though, what are the simple ways that this comes through in your life? Um, What are some of your simple go-tos, be it, um, you know, a simple thing that you like to make in the kitchen or a simple practice that you use in, in your car or? I think one thing I've realized recently is the best thing that I can do to care for myself is to quit resisting what is. I feel like I've learned to go with the flow so much more in regard to self-care and wellness and what that looks like day to day. Um, That's been really good for me and not getting stuck in it's got to look a certain way. But at the same point, one thing that I help my clients with and I've dug deep with on myself is how, how am I feeling when I do certain things versus other things and then trying to weave them in, um, into my day or take them out. And yesterday with our journals, we talked about where our energy was going. Well, we didn't talk about it cause everyone just wrote and we didn't share cause People want to just write, but where our energy is going versus where our energy, where we want it to go. Where is it going versus where do we want it to go? And I think looking at those two places, the gap in our wellness is usually in the middle. You know, what we're neglecting or mm-hmm. what, what needs to go. And you can see it when you do those lists, mm-hmm. you know, where, where is it going versus where I really want it to go what nourishes and inspires and recharges versus 
what drains and depletes. And oftentimes too much of that is on where we're putting so much of our time. Mm-hmm. So thinking of wellness that way has helped me with recharge and self-care and just feeling good, mm-hmm. trying to get more on the, on the right lists. Yes. You know? Yeah. And I think looking at it on paper is super practical. You said that to us this morning, um, Mm -hmm. and you said putting pen to paper each morning has changed your world and the clarity of seeing something in writing or of making these two lists, the example that you just gave of Mm -hmm. this is what I want and saying that, seeing that, writing that and bringing that into our day is such a powerful practice. Where did journaling start for you? I have always always love to keep journals. <laughs> I love pen and paper. To this day, I have a paper calendar. Um, I love anything with pen and paper. I always have. I've never considered myself, quote unquote, a writer by any means. Um, but I love writing. And more than anything, I love writing lists. <laughs> um, so and really, this retreat, having that day that we, you know, spend a piece of that with the writing, I think it's good for people to know that there is some action they can leave with. Um, and the questions in the journal give people a place to start rather than just looking at a blank piece of paper. Yes. I think that really helps me start the day. I really, really do start the day every morning with pen and paper. Um, even if it's just making a list, but the big, big changes I've made in my life and the small changes too has started with pen and paper hmm. and thinking, you know, I, I think a lot of people do this, but it, it's so easy to get the little things done and forget the big picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I noticed that when I started doing, you know, where's my energy going versus where I've wanted it to go. I'm, I've always wanted to, you know, work big picture and think big picture, but somehow it's hard to get out of those small things. You mentioned this to me yesterday. Where you know, you the said tasks. I can be very productive with the to-do list and the task, which yes. then you realize that's all of your time and your energy, but it's all going to the little things, which right. is not that column that you're mentioning of where you want it to go. So mm-hmm. it was through making this simple mm-hmm. list that you began to shift mm-hmm. into big picture. Well, um, and oftentimes that big picture for people coming to retreat is I really want to find time to do some yoga. I really want to find time to cook. And I think, I think until you can figure out where your energy and time's going versus where you want it to go, you can't really figure out how to fit them in Mm -hmm. because there always is a way to shift. It just, sometimes it's working on it together. And that combined with Previously, what you said about it might be less time in the kitchen or less time yeah. on the mat, but the time that you're actually there is is simple or is clarifying or is a, a practice mm-hmm. of listening. Or just doing like a simple upgrade to what you're already doing. You know, learning to make a dressing to the salad you're buying or, you know, making a quick smoothie instead of stopping at the bakery or whatever. You know, so oftentimes it can be a, just a quick thing rolling your mat out beside your bed so you'll step onto it before you go to sleep, even for five minutes. 
these are the practical secrets that you always hand us to leave with. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, figuring out when I get home, where am I going to put my mat? Mm -hmm. And I always give people a little tiny piece of the land before they leave, whether it's a little pine cone or tomorrow we're going to have something a little different or a flower, something to bring home to remember. This beautiful land. But oftentimes it really is that simple. Where can I, where can I, put my mat, you know, where can I sit in the morning? I'm going to, where can I put my journal? So I'll remember mm-hmm. and starting there. There's tiny actionable steps are so yeah. inviting. I know for me, one is it's so simple, but lighting a candle. Once the candle's lit, I sit down. If I don't light the candle, I'm doing all the other things that need to be done, cleaning or cooking or whatever in the rest of the room, um, making the list. But once the candle's lit, it's sit time. Is that and how you start it. your day? It is, or in the middle of the day or the end of the day, often when it I just, just means that that means it's time to sit and to be still and whatever the practice that comes from there. But I need that tiny actionable step that can happen before that goes. And those are the keys that I, I feel like that. you always give us. It's like reverence when the candles mm-hmm. light. It's just easy. Like I can, mm-hmm. I, there's something I can do and it's a transition. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, wow. These are the keys that are more important than, um, I think, the, the big, like you said, the hour and a half practice that sometimes we get to experience here and we're so thankful for, um, mm-hmm. but we're able to really take that practice home and keep it um, keep it with us mm-hmm. in that way. Um, Charlotte, it's so great to hear about your culinary journey, um, and but I want to know, what, what are you making in your kitchen right now? I am always making soup which is really funny because I live in Florida where it's always warm. But um, I love making soup because you can create something from nothing almost. Um, And it seems that everyone um, thinks it's harder than it is. So I'm always making soup for myself, my family. I love to drop it off to people. And I just, it's my favorite thing. Mm Mm-hmm. It's so comforting. It's so cozy. Yeah, I love it. Charlotte, I mean, there's so much about you from your voice to the gifts that you give that's so calming um, and inviting. But is there a fiery side? Tell me something that we don't know about you. um, Oh, yeah. Isn't there to everyone? I think so. And so we have to, yeah. Um, I feel, I mean, I know from... I feel like everyone thinks yoga teachers are always so calm. Um, I feel like I am a calm person, but definitely playful and silly and um, can be fiery. I, get I mean, really... I have to say you were being mauled by five puppies yesterday and been <laughs> all of the pigs in the middle of the farmyard. So yes. there's such a playful side for sure. Definitely playful, silly side. And I love, I mean, to me, again, that's all about the balance. I love all the time on the mat and the kitchen and the writing, but definitely love laughing mm-hmm. with friends and dancing, dance parties we've had here. We have. Like everyone, I feel like when things start to build up and I don't let it out, there's a lot of fire, mm-hmm. right? And I've learned through this practice to know how to do that in a more graceful way. You know, just to know when things need to come out so it doesn't get too fiery. 
mm-hmm. inside and out. Mm-hmm. But um, I am, I mean, I am a pretty calm person, but definitely not a serious person all the time. And I don't want any of this wellness to be too serious. Right. I want it to be fun because when we're taking things too seriously, we never feel good. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to do that, mm-hmm. get overwhelmed. Um, one thing that I learned at the Integrative Institute of Nutrition that I think about a lot is something they introduced was called primary foods. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a well-known term now. I'd never heard of it at the time. But it, they, they taught us to take into account the things in your life that weren't on your plate in regard to wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, that yes, what we cooked and ate and how we moved was important, but the primary foods were your relationships, your laughing, your spirituality, your marriages, and your marriages, your marriage, um, all the things not on your plate were your primary foods. Mm-hmm. So that is, that's the silliness and the playful and the friendships and the dancing and the, all those just because- as important. Absolutely. And you weave those into our time on the mat. Um, It seems like even sometimes the physical side of the yoga is secondary to all the other gifts that you're giving us. Um, Yeah, that's incredible. I'm so glad you think that. So for our listeners, I want them um, to be able to enjoy. Are there any other favorite products or favorite practices? I feel like when we're on our mat, you're always giving us so many amazing aromatherapy experiences or um, if you have a favorite oil pairing or blend or mm-hmm. favorite Palo Santo that you like to use or anything else that you want to share with us that we might incorporate. I, um, I think one of my favorite, when you were saying like self-care and ritual earlier, I think one of my favorite rituals that I religiously do is dry brushing. Mm-hmm. Just a simple dry brush. Tell us dry, more. Just, it's so simple. I mean, you can get them almost anywhere. Um, but you just dry brush up towards the heart, from the feet up towards the heart, and it stimulates circulation, and I feel so good, and I religiously have done it for years and years, and those are the kinds of things I love, and I know we have a theme going, and we're repeating, but, you know, not getting caught up in the trends, Mm -hmm. because I never stick with those, but the the dry brushing is a big one for me. Um, I love adding chlorophyll drops to my water, turns it this gorgeous green color. Mm-hmm. And I think when you don't have time or you're not into juicing, sometimes it's really hard for me to find good things. And I do love and believe in the power of greens, but adding a little chlorophyll to your water, mm-hmm. is, it makes me feel so good. And it's so easy, just you can keep it on your desk. I love that. Um, I always start my classes with a piece of rosemary, fresh rosemary. Um, I have a little pot outside my house, but just just rubbing the rosemary in between my palms and breathing that in and getting them to do that too. But that's such a wonderful ritual mm-hmm. I love. Um, I love oil. Like you said, I make a rose oil for my classes that is very heart-opening I do love the rose oil, but I love, I love the smell of citrus. Mm-hmm. I love using the grapefruit and the orange oils in class, especially in the mornings mm-hmm. and also adding those to water. That was very yeah. energizing with our practice this morning. Thank you. Um, those are just simple things. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing your simple but incredibly powerful rituals and practices. So thank you for for staying with us, for being here for all of the retreats over the last um, five years and for the bright future and the ones that we get to look forward to planning. Um, and thanks for sharing with our, our listeners today some well, of these incredible practices. Thank, thank you, Hope. Thanks for having me and also for allowing so much room to collaborate. That's where the magic happens. Yeah. So thank you. This is such a pleasure. It's an absolute joy. Charlotte, we look forward to being with you again soon. Thank you. And thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Blackberry Podcast. Continue following the journey wherever you subscribe. Thank you to our guests, interviewers, and audience. Dive into more stories, videos, photos, and podcast episodes on theblackberrymagazine.com. Make a great day.